0: What does it mean to be blessed? If you were to ask our world and for instance take a look at Twitter, you would see the following slide in response to that question of what it means to be blessed. A job offer, I'm blessed. That I would have a new baby or a grandbaby, that's something to be blessed about. An unexpected raise, hashtag blessed. New house, a beach vacation, again. Again hashtag blessed, something to be blessed about, the good life, lots of stuff, our health. Those are all things that we hear about being blessed. And then again, there is that cause and effect idea that permeates many lives, the idea that if I do this, I will be blessed, that it's something that I can grab a hold of and make it happen in my life. You know, that's not a new idea, and it wasn't a new idea in Jesus' time either. Those who were part of Israel believed because they were children of Abraham, that they were the ones who should be blessed. Those who were the Orthodox, who honored all the laws, who kept everything in Judaism, those were the ones who should be blessed. Those who believed that they had kept it all so perfectly that they didn't even sin. Those are the ones who should be blessed. You know, last week we began our series as we looked at these beatitudes, these statements of Jesus as he begins preaching what we call the Sermon on the Mount. We looked at blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And we saw how different it is of what Jesus is saying to us from that image of what we hear in the world, of what most people believe the blessed life is. Today we're going to look at two more of those. The next slide. We're going to look at blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be filled. So, I guess the question is then, as we look at that first one, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Who is it then that gets the earth? Who are the meek? Who are those who are worthy? We know in our world it is those who are rich and powerful, we see, control the world that we live in, that are able to leverage businesses, that make their mark in society. Maybe it's just the wealthy and the smart, the beautiful, the thin. Maybe it's just the creative or people who are able to step on other people and destroy their competition. Those seem to be the people that have the earth, that are in control of our world. And again, it is not different than it was in first century Palestine. In that time, there was an empire that ruled all of the known world, ruled it by might and by power, ruled it by walking into a new area that they would conquer and giving people a choice. The choice was simple. We will come in, we will be your government, you will belong to us, we will tax you, we will build roads, aqueducts, all sorts of things. There's your choice one. Choice two, if you refuse that, you will be wiped from the face and the memory of the earth forever. Pretty simple choice. They controlled the world. They divided it up that way for themselves. They were Rome. So how do we look at this statement of Jesus, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth? How is the earth to be divided? Certain people get ahead and others don't. Certain people work really hard and others are lazy. Certain people have more and others lack. What is Jesus talking about? Well, you know, for that first century audience, he's talking about something that was familiar to them, that they really understood. And I want you to look at this next slide in the passage from Isaiah. It says this, Then all your people will be righteous, and they will possess the land forever. They are a shoot I have planted, the work of my hands for the display of my splendor. You know, alongside the Old Testament there is a writing of the rabbis called the Mishnah where they have commentary and the commentary on this section in Isaiah says this all of Israel will have a share in the world that is to come who gets the earth well the scriptures to that audience to Israel said that we do This is our possession. This is what God has given us. Look at the next two slides that have to do with Psalm 37, some selected verses. The first one, do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. And then the next one, a little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you will look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land. And enjoy peace and prosperity. And so to that audience that Jesus is addressing, the question comes, who will inherit the earth? They know these scriptures, are what they're saying, but, but, but this belongs to us, and yet something's wrong in their mind. If God is our God, then why is it that we are a conquered people? They looked for Messiah to be the one who would restore this kingdom for them, who would let them inherit the earth. They flocked around Jesus because they believed he was the one who would lead them to this, that they would once again possess the land. It belonged, after all, to them. This was God's promise. It was a persistent idea. It is a persistent idea still today when we hear those who say that Israel is the place where Jesus will return and set up a kingdom and that will be the land that they possess. And yet Jesus is talking about something totally different when he says, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. He's not talking about the here and now. He's talking about what is to come. Revelation 21, and then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Or 1 Peter 3.10, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. And then the book of Hebrews that talks about Those in faith who looked forward to what was to come. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of a country they had left, they would have opportunity return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. You see, what Jesus is saying when he says the meek will inherit the earth is that there is another kingdom. There is the kingdom of the heavens that is unlike the kingdom of this earth. In the kingdom of the heavens is the place where truth and justice, compassion and honor and sacrifice rule, and unlike this earth where force and might and power control this kingdom, the kingdom of the heaven breaks into this world through the rule and reign of Jesus, the Messiah. It breaks into this world through the lives and the actions of people who are his subjects, It's the very thing that in a few verses Jesus will teach these people surrounding him as he begins to teach them the Lord's Prayer when he says, Thy kingdom come. Remember the explanation that Luther gives us in his catechism? God's kingdom certainly comes of its own accord, but we pray in this position that it will come among us also. That this kingdom of the heavens, this new world, will be lived out in our lives as subjects of Jesus Christ. That truth and honor and justice and compassion and love and forgiveness will reign in our lives. You know, when we looked at Psalm 37, it said, do not fret. What we see in this world, the hurt, the pain, the injustice, all the things that we look at and wonder how the world can go on, the way of the world, these things will not always be but the kingdom of the heavens. The kingdom that Jesus is saying the meek will inherit. We are part of that kingdom. The kingdom that is to come, we are part of that kingdom through our baptism. And through our baptism, we identify with Jesus. Jesus, who is the one who is meek and lowly of heart. Jesus, the one who identifies with the weak and the helpless and the cut off. We are part of that kingdom. And Jesus says, Because you have my identity through baptism, you are mine. And the kingdom, the new heaven and the new earth, is yours to inherit. You know, that same thing is true as we look at that second one. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Who are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness? Are they those in that audience, the pious and the good, who say, we are those. We are the ones who hunger and thirst. Look at our lives. Look at how we keep the law. Look at all the things we do. Obviously, we are the ones who are zealous for righteousness. But truly, again, in Jesus' kingdom, it is just the opposite of what we expect and what we see in our world. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are those who say, I cannot get it right. I keep failing. I keep sinning. I keep missing the mark. I am the one that Jesus shouldn't come for, shouldn't redeem, wouldn't have anything to do with. Those are the ones who hunger and thirst for righteousness, who realize they miss the mark, who realize they fall short, who realize nothing they can do will ever put them in the standing of the good and the pious, of the righteous and the true that they look at, who look down on them. And Jesus says to them, They will be filled. They will be filled by the presence again of Jesus in their lives, filled with his forgiveness and his love that will make them righteous and true, that will give them the forgiveness of sins. Why did we see in Jesus' life again and again the poor and the powerless, the hopeless and the cut-off, the outcasts flock to Jesus and yet see the religious establishment again and again plotting and wanting to kill him. Well, there's a great quote by theologian Dallas Willard that I want you to see on the screens that says this. The religious system of Jesus' day left everyone who was not part of the chosen out. But Jesus welcomed them all into his kingdom. Anyone could come as well as any other. They still can. You see, one group gets it, and one group thinks that they have it. And as long as that idea is persistent, anytime someone thinks that they have arrived, that they are the righteous, that they have made themselves meek, that they have attained this on their own, then they are far from the gospel that Jesus came to bring into this world. The gospel where he went to find those who were just totally opposite of all that. Who never considered themselves righteous or true or good. Who never considered themselves able to be meek. Who never considered themselves to ever be part of his kingdom. But Jesus brings that kingdom to them, to you, and to me. A kingdom of grace a kingdom of forgiveness, a kingdom of his presence, a kingdom of his love, a kingdom where he brings reconciliation into this world through you and me by his life, by his spirit in us, moving and shaping our lives by his power and his word. Truly, the meek will inherit the earth. Those who identify with Jesus the one meek and lowly of heart, who cares for those who are broken and lost and heals them with his love. May we ever imitate the one who found us. Amen.